Anzac Family Foundation has proudly supported the mission of Real Presence Radio since 2004. With their help, we've been able to continue spreading Jesus Christ's message of hope throughout North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. The Wanzik Family Foundation is dedicated to supporting Catholic initiatives and programs, like our weekly local show, Real Presence Live, heard on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, with the encores on Saturdays. Thank you to the Wanzik Family Foundation for being a part of this family of faith and hope. If you felt God's call to serve the church, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and the University of Mary have partnered to train you to do great things. The church is desperate for well-trained development and fundraising professionals, so we've launched the Institute for Catholic Philanthropy. Earn a graduate certificate or a full MBA in Catholic philanthropy and train for a transformative career in service to the church. Apply by April 1st to umary.edu slash serve. I started listening to Real Presence Radio last year, year and a half, um, when my husband was diagnosed with um, lung cancer. I started listening to and found peace with the rosary. So at 3 o'clock, I like to get into my car and sit and listen for 20 minutes and sing along. It gives me peace, and I know I'm at in the Lord's presence during that time and that Mary's watching over me. And I just know that people who listen to Real Presence Radio can find answers. The first time I ran across Real Presence Radio was when I was driving a car we had just purchased for my daughter's graduation home from Grand Forks, and it was already set to the uh, Real Presence Radio, and I came across Mother Angelica, and what a gift Real Presence Radio has been to my life and my faith, and it has literally changed my life. Thank you for listening and supporting Real Presence Radio. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you local hosts and guests from across the region. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are plugging away, moving into the second hour. Uh, We are your hosts, Brad Gray and Nathan Sather this morning. So grateful that you've joined us. Um, One of the things that we wanted to do as we were starting off this second hour is we wanted to ask uh, for a prayer uh, to be offered up. We'll, We'll lead a prayer for the Church of St. Francis de Sales, uh, St. Francis de Sales Catholic Church in Moorhead, Minnesota. Their roof collapsed in their social hall on Sunday. Thanks, uh, with all the snow on the roofs around here, uh, it was, it was a, a shocking reality. Thanks be to God, they had actually canceled Masses due to a storm that was going on. But it's, they're obviously in a, a situation where they're going to need to rebuild and try to find a, a way of moving forward in this really frigid situation that we're dealing with right now. So I'd like to begin by uh, just praying a hail or a memorare together, if we could. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to the protection, protection, implored your help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful, O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. St. Francis de Sales, pray, pray for, for us. us. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was, it was a caller that called in and reminded yep. us about that and asked us to pray for that. So yep. thank you, caller. Absolutely. Yeah, and it is, it, I mean, it's a tough situation right now. We're, we're looking at another pile of snow coming on, coming on us, and uh, I think many of us were scraping the roofs off uh, this weekend because of the concerns over that. And so um, having a church have to deal with that is, is a real problem because obviously that 
creates a difficulty for the spiritual lives of all the preachers. Yeah, and, and, and it's a good reminder, too. Like, I know this isn't something we should normally, I shouldn't say should, but that we normally don't express gratitude to God for. But I'm thankful that the roofs of other churches don't collapse, right? Yeah. Like, if there's so many th- blessings that we have. Yep. And and this is something that that community and the and the Catholic communities around them are going to you know pull together and and work through, and God will definitely work through that. He always does, um, but we don't often express gratitude and thankfulness for things that we expect to be there. Yeah, and and it's a good reminder for us to be thankful of so many things: the gifts of our buildings, the furnace not going out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, we we literally are blessed immeasurably, and and just. Because we're human, forget about it so yeah. often. And for our health and well-being. And we actually are, are joined now by Deacon Mike McEwen, who is the, uh, works with Development and Adult Faith Formation and is the Director of Healing Ministry in the Diocese of New Ulm. Good morning to you, Deacon Mike. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Doing great. How about yourself? Very good. All right. Well, let's begin it this way. So do you run into Catholics who are not comfortable praying for physical healing? You know, I would say that is an understatement. I would say the majority of Catholics are really afraid to pray with and for somebody for physical healing. Why do you suppose that is? You know, there's a, there's a couple reasons. I, I'd say the, the biggest reasons are fear and doubt. So, you know, we're all reluctant to get out of our comfort zone, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that we've grown up doing in the Catholic Church praying for physical healing, or some people have, but many, many haven't. Hmm. And so the fear is, well, what if I pray for somebody and nothing happens? You know, one, I feel stupid, or um, what if I don't have the right words to say, or, you know, all this fear of embarrassment. Um, And a lot of those fears are unfounded, really, when you start to begin to reach out and pray for people. And the other, like I said, is doubt. You know, as Catholics, you know, often we believe that God can heal, but do I really believe that if I pray for somebody that that He will heal or that He will break into that situation and provide the healing that's being prayed for? So fear and doubt are are two big obstacles to praying for healing. Deacon Mike, if you don't mind me asking, is is there also a component, especially in Catholic circles, of accepting God's will? that plays somewhat of a role in that, too, that if, if God is allowing this disease or infirmity to happen, that maybe praying for it to be cured isn't within God's will, and, and for, for people to not necessarily want to pray for that healing because of, of, of a greater reason that God might be allowing that? Yeah, and that's, that's a good question, um, because we do have this you know great teaching of, redemptive suffering. We know that God uses all things, even suffering, for our good. And sometimes He allows suffering in our life to bring us to a, a deeper spiritual place or closer to Him. But that shouldn't make us think that every time that I have an injury, a sickness, illness, that, oh, well, this has got to be God's will, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't pray for it. And a, a good way to, to look at that is, you know, if we've Say we have a sickness, and we think, well, I guess this is God's will. Well, do you still go to the doctor? You know, do you still uh, look for ways to to heal that? And if the answer is yes, well, you're probably not convinced that it's God's will for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to these other places, why not go to uh, Jesus, 
who has the power to heal. And the other, the other thing that I would say about that is just having that willingness to ask. Mm-hmm. In intercession, all we're doing is asking, God, will you come and heal this? And what we find is the more Catholics or anybody steps out in faith and begins to pray for healing, that healings happen. You know, it's not, it's not something that is uh, not heard of anymore. People get healed, and, it's, uh, um, and many times people have accepted this for a long time, and finally they break down and get healing, and they're healed. So all we can do is ask. It's God who heals. Yeah, I think of uh, St. Paul, who, you know, he has the great enigma of what was the thorn in the side. Paul talks about, I have this, the Lord has given me this thorn in the side, and I prayed three times that he might take it away. And he said, my Mm -hmm. my strength is, my grace is sufficient for you. But you saw St. Paul there praying for the removal of whatever this was, whether it was a physical malady or some sort of spiritual or emotional or intellectual torment of some sort. But, you know, the scriptures don't tell us, but you you see St. Paul seeking out healing. And when when it becomes apparent that this is, in fact, what God desires for him, uh, then there's a resignation. But but St. Paul was still seeking out that healing. And I think... You know what you had mentioned before is perhaps the what seems to me the biggest issue is is that we don't really think that God's going to like He can yeah I, I grant that I suppose in theory abstract but He you know I know lots of people who have cancer I know lots of people who have this sickness mm-hmm. or that sickness and they're not healed and you know I I think we we protect ourselves oftentimes or at least a tendency can be to protect ourselves from being disappointed. And right, yeah. I know I've been so struck by so many of the healings in the scriptures before, you know, the woman who had who was hemorrhaging for 12 years and the man who was by the pool for decades and you know each time the Lord asks him, "Do you believe that I can do this?" And and it's mm-hmm. their act of faith in Jesus that that opens his hands to heal. And I think of if I was in that situation, you know, if I was a person who was dealing with, you know, some sort of physical malady for a dozen years for decades whatever you've gone through every, you know the the woman with the hemorrhaging i think it says she went through her whole inheritance her whole uh wealth trying to get this thing healed with all sorts of physicians and so on and no one could do it and mm-hmm. and i think that's often the case is you know we we try to seek out you know what the doctors can do and that's been unsuccessful and this has been unsuccessful eating right has not worked and, you know and and at one point you're just like I don't even know if I dare hope any longer. And, right, uh, yeah. And it seems to me that that can be one of the big hurdles that we face in that sort of... Yeah, that self-protection that you're talking about is, you know, is a big thing. You know, it's, you know I don't want to be disappointed, so I'm not even going to ask. Mm-hmm. Hey, Deacon Mike, if you don't mind me asking, um, this is kind okay. of... A, I, my brother, Brian, uh, he passed away about a year and a half or so ago. Uh, he left mm-hmm. the Catholic Church, and uh, he had reasons for that. Um, but he told me the story one time of playing basketball with some friends of his. One of the, one of the guys falls and the assumption is that he broke his leg. My brother, Brian went over to him, laid his hands on his leg and basically said something to the effect of, you know, I, your son ask you to heal this man of, of his injury and Brian told me that he literally could feel something moving in the man's leg, and he immediately got up and was fine. Wow. And I'd, I'd always wondered myself, like, I was shocked 
at my brother's confidence that, that he invoked his sonship in order to ask God to do this. And you mentioned, you know, we've kind of talked about the fear and doubt or whatnot. How do you get that kind of confidence that my brother had to respond immediately, not with, we need to call 911, but to respond to the Lord? I, I, I can be honest and say I would not have done that, Deacon Mike. Well, you know, and it, it's a process, you know, because anytime we start something new, you know, it's just like, okay, you know, when I just decide, I heard other people's stories just like that, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to do it. I, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to reach out and start doing it. The first couple times, it's, yeah, it's a little awkward, you know, but, you know, almost immediately I was seeing healings, and it's like, okay, God is at work here, and who else does he want to heal? And it gives you this confidence when you pray for people, you know, and not everybody's healed, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it really gives you that desire to bring God's healing into people's lives. If you're just tuning in, we are uh, speaking with Deacon Mike McEwen. We're uh, Brad Gray and Nathan Sather, your hosts here on Real Presence Live. Deacon Mike, so this is something that you have, this is a way that the Lord has called you out to actually participate in the healing of others. You've got to tell us some of these stories. Well, yeah, I'll share a, a couple stories with you. Um, you know, there's a uh, we do uh, in our diocese healing and deliverance ministry, and uh, a lady had come for for prayer for for inner healing, and she was a young mother, and in in the process, she was talking about her deafness in her left ear. She was completely deaf. So, eighteen years previous, she had an operation on a uh, on a tumor, and they damaged her auditory nerve. Mm. So she's completely deaf, and normally we don't. Uh, pray for physical healing when people come for deliverance ministry, but I just had that sense in my heart that God wanted to heal her, and I said, do you believe that God can heal you? And she said, absolutely. And I said, well, that's great, because I'm feeling in my heart like he wants us to pray right now for that. And so as we prayed, I I invited the other two prayer team members to pray along with me, and I, I led this prayer, and her ear opened up. You know, and it was a little bit at first. She said, I can hear faintly. And then we prayed some more, and it, it came on more. The next day, I followed up with her, and she said, overnight, it had increased to about 50%. And 10 days later, she said it was at 75%. So for wow. whatever reason, that's where it stayed, is 75%. But, you know, she is praising God for the fact that she can hear, and it's, it's a, you know, it's it was a wonderful healing. That's fantastic. Now, uh, Deacon Mike, there's an event coming up called uh, Adoration and Prayer for Hope and Healing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, that is on Friday, March 22nd, and the Diocese of New Ulm is, is having this prayer, prayer and adoration for hope and healing. So Friday, March 22nd at St. Peter's Catholic Church in Canby, Minnesota. Hmm. And Bishop Lavore will be there to uh, give a homily on uh, the, the healing power of Jesus in people's lives. We'll have adoration, uh, confession. There will be prayer teams available to pray for, uh, for like, physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. And it's just a, it's a beautiful, prayerful event. Hmm. That sounds awesome. It's, it's ironic, too, that it's, 
Heldon can be, where it's, uh, again, kind of that response to the Lord, I can be healed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that was a perfect, perfect reality. Well, we're, we're down to less than a minute, but Deacon Mike, uh, are there any final words that you would offer to someone uh, regarding this, this reality of, of Christ's ability to heal us? Yeah, I, I would encourage people, don't worry if you have a gift or not. Don't worry, you know, how it's going to, uh, you know, if people are going to be healed specifically or not. Just be willing to intercede for somebody when you see them in pain. And, you know, many times you'll see God show up in ways that you didn't expect. Hmm. Hey, Dick and Mike, can you pray for me that I can have the confidence that my brother had, please? I will. Thank you. All right. Well, thank and, you so much. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Deacon. I, I thought he wanted me to pray right now. So. Yes, please, oh, do. Oh, please I will, do. I will continue. Please do. And, and whom, is, is this Nathan? Nathan? Yes, yes. Okay, so Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask that you would pour out the gift of faith for Nathan, that you would touch his heart with that ability to approach people in confidence, to pray with confidence, and to see your healing manifested in people's lives. Thank you, Jesus. We give glory to you, Heavenly Father. Amen. 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 In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much for being with us, Deacon. Thank you for your awesome, important ministry. Um, and we, we look forward to hearing the great effects that it continues to have. So, all right, thank you. Have a great day. All right, it's time for our first break, our next break, not our first break, our next break. We already did the first. We're going to um, take a quick step away, but on the other side of this break, we're going to have uh, our 10-minute tour, and we're also going to be talking about how to find hope and healing after an abortion and more. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live. Engaging and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Nick Nelson of the Diocese of Duluth. Considering the state of the church today, knowing and witnessing with our own eyes many people drifting away from the church, why are there men becoming priests, women joining religious orders, men and women choosing to have marriages that are holy and sacramental? I believe it's because we believe that the gospel hasn't expired. We believe that human nature hasn't changed, that we are all still hardwired for the gospel. The problem is that for the past however many years, we haven't proclaimed, lived, and celebrated the fullness of the gospel with its awesome yet challenging power. Yes, when confronted with the gospel, to believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, to repent of our sin and to live the good life in Christ that he offers us in order to prepare for the coming judgment, yes, there will be people who will outright reject it, but I also believe many more will be attracted to it and accept it. The authentic Catholic faith, the authentic Jesus, is not something or someone you can just ignore, but a choice you can either accept or reject. Thank you for listening and for supporting Real Presence Radio. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. 
Our number is 701-223-2424. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus Mystic Monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest additions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your co-host this morning with Brad Gray. And uh, I think we're going to get in the car here and uh, see what's going around as we right. tour the RPR Network area. I'm on the engine. <laughs> uh, I'll ride shotgun. Uh, we're, we're joined now by Melanie. Melanie, are you here? I am. Tell us about your Corpus Christi fish fries. Every Friday in Lent here at Corpus Christi Parish in Bismarck, we are having a fish fry for families to join us from 5 to 7 p.m. We have a great menu. It's fried and baked fish, both, as well as french fries, fried green beans, shrimp, some uh, home-style noodles, two types of coleslaw, applesauce, rolls, and a homemade dessert table, and it's all you can eat. A family can eat there for $30, or adults are $9, and children are $5 per person. So So our benefit goes toward our youth ministry program. And for for students that are going to the Steubenville conferences, correct? Correct. And we do have a separate group that our parish sponsors to take to Steubenville. So these children, youth get to go with that program. Now, do you go to the Rockies or to uh, Minneapolis? This year we go to St. Paul. Every other year we rotate between Rochester and St. Paul from our parish. Gotcha. Can, well, I, can I make a small complaint? <laughs> sure. All, all this good food. It's a Friday of Lent. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. It just doesn't sound very penitential. That sounds delightful. <laughs> it is not very fasting, but I can tell you our Lutherans love it too. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. So what's on the, the schedule for this Friday? Is it the same each Friday or does it change Friday to Friday? The only thing that changes is what people bring for homemade desserts. Uh-huh. Otherwise, our menu stays the same. Well, it sounds fabulous. It sounds like a, a road trip to Bismarck to me. It's a great time, and we have so many people that come. It's a really wonderful community-building event. And as a Steubenville grad, I, I certainly endorse uh, taking the, the youth to the Steubenville conferences. It's a, they're a great work that they're doing out there. I'm kind of addicted myself. I enjoy going with the youth, too. Oh, that's Amen. fantastic. Well, thanks for the good work there, Melanie. Well, thank you so much for having us on your show. All right. You take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. We're moving on. We've got the Young Men's Discernment Weekend in Winona. We're calling all young men discerning the faith. You're invited to a retreat weekend at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona on March 16th through the 18th. That's coming up quick. That's this weekend. 
The retreat is a wonderful, fun, and informational way to hang out, eat good food, learn more about the call to the priesthood and the seminary life, and meet students and faculty from the seminary. For more information, you can call the Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary at 507-494-8845. Again, that number at the Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary is 507-494-8845. And I was actually kind of mistaken. It's not just the weekend. It would be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, March 16th through the 18th. So again, that's Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary for the Young Men's Discernment Weekend in Winona, 507-494-8845. Definitely continue to pray for the young men that are coming to this weekend. Pray for vocations, both to the priesthood, the religious life, and to married life. All right, and we also have the 7th Annual Women of Faith Conference in Duluth. The diocese is hosting the 7th Annual Conference on Saturday, March 23rd at Marshall School in Duluth. Fearless is this year's theme and will feature Sonia Corbett, who is an absolutely gifted storyteller, who will inspire listeners to take on their fears, and a panel of religious sisters representing the three orders currently serving in their diocese who live out their lives fearlessly for Christ and His Church. Registration is a mere pittance, only $30, (laughs) and covers the cost of breakfast, lunch, and all of the materials. If you are interested, and I certainly hope that you are, you will go to diocesedeluth.org. That's diocesedeluth.org. I know we hosted a women's uh, conference here in the Diocese of Fargo back in 2017. It was fantastic. The women came away just charged and lit up for their faith, deeper in their vocation and dignity as, as women of God. All right, we're moving along. We now have Amy on the phone to talk about the Human Trafficking Conference coming up in Rapid City. Amy, are you there? I am. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. The Social Justice Commission is hosting a Human Trafficking Awareness Conference on Saturday, March 23rd at the South Dakota School of Mines. And we picked this topic because we did a survey of our priests to ask them what was the most pressing social justice issue they had. And to our surprise, several of them answered human trafficking. Mm. So we were clearly not aware that this was an issue to us. And so one of our commission members knew Becky Rasmussen, who's the executive director of calledofreedom.org in Sioux Falls. And she's worked really hard to put together an incredible day for us. Uh, she's bringing in Kelly Patterson from our area, who's written a book about being a uh, human trafficking survivor, and Tess Franzen, who's the executive director of Freedom's Journey. Uh, we also have the law enforcement side. Brett Gromer is with the DCI um, in the Internet Crimes Against Children section. He's going to talk about how the Internet is used to identify um, and locate and groom victims. And Kevin Colliner will be here from the U.S. Attorney Office. Um, and so we have a really good array. We also have Jim Kenyon who will be speaking about pornography. So to find out more, people can visit humantraffickingsd.com. We hope people can join us on Saturday, March 23rd in the classroom building of the School of Mines from 9 to 4. Oh, that's um, how... Yeah, com. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Amy. So I was just repeating the, the website, humantraffickingsd.com. What an important topic, Amy. I, I got to say that this is something that I've only in the last handful of years even been aware that this was a reality still. I was ignorant right. before that. Right. And that's why we're calling in an awareness conference because we didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating to, to realize that the priests were, were especially tuned into this. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because who believes it happens in South Dakota, but it does. Yeah. So it's 9 to 4 on March 23rd, you're saying, right? Correct. Right. Yep. The South Dakota School of Mines and Technology. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Amy, for the great work. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good day. You too. 
And now we are joined by Samantha. Samantha, you are at an Irish dinner that's happening in Lake City, Minnesota. Tell us about it. Hi, I'm Samantha. Um, so we are hosting at St. Mary's of the Lake in Lake City, uh, St. Patrick's dinner on Sunday, March 17th, so St. Patrick's Day. We will be serving Irish stew over potatoes with dinner roll. And then for the dessert, we have a Guinness chocolate cake with Irish cream frosting. Tickets will be sold at the door for $10. We will also be having a silent auction. Um, serving time for the dinner is going to be 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. We will also have beer, wine, and some grasshoppers, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. So come join us. This, all the proceeds for the dinner will go to uh, the uh, repairs for the roof and ceiling of St. Mm-hmm. Mary's. So come join us. And, and the best part about this, we've had Exodus 90 on earlier and talking about other dinners. This is on Sunday. It's a solemnity. Yeah, it's we can feast and celebrate. St. Mary's of the Lake in Lake City has got it squared away. They're doing their <laughs> celebrations on a solemnity. I love it. And it's fortunate that St. Patrick falls on a Sunday this day, too. Well, hey, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to go there, Brad. Why do you have to bring these things up? Well, that sounds just delightful, Samantha. Thanks so much for uh, put that, helping to put that all together. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, so now is this something, is this a, uh, an ongoing annual celebration that takes place in, uh, at St. Mary of the Lake, or uh, is this yes, first yes. year? Um, last year, um, we had a little different dinner, but we decided to try the Irish stew this year. That, that does sound great. And that, that Guinness chocolate cake with Irish cream frosting sounds yeah, like something that could that's, be beat. That's, that's definitely what I want. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, we, we certainly uh, hope that everyone comes out, and uh, it's a, a magnificent event. And uh, that wraps up our 10-minute tour for the day. We feature this every Real Presence Live. If you would like to have your event featured, you can call our good friend Brandon here at the radio station at 877-795-0122, and we'd be very happy to feature it and get in the Real Presence radio car and drive around for the next tour to uh, feature your event. Okay, well, it's time for another break. When we return, we'll meet a married couple that reached a breaking point, which left them with two decisions, quit or double down. Hear their story next, plus finding peace after an abortion experience, where you can find hope. There's more Real Presence Live to come. Keep it right here. This is Real Presence Live, local, engaging, Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Here's a programming note. Tuesday, March 19th, marks the solemnity of St. Joseph, husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary. As we celebrate this day, we'll have some special programming. At 5 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the Sunrise Morning Show. Morning Glory will follow at 6 and the Daily Mass at 7. Then at 3 p.m. Central, you'll hear Cresta in the afternoon. Finally, at 9 p.m., it'll be the encore of Open Line. St. Joseph, pray for us. If you felt God's call to serve the church, Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University students, and the University of Mary have partnered to train you to do great things. The church is desperate for well-trained development and fundraising professionals, so we've launched the Institute for Catholic Philanthropy. 
earn a graduate certificate or a full MBA in Catholic philanthropy and train for a transformative career in service to the church, apply by April 1st to umary.edu slash serve. People think A and B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are so blessed, so blessed this day and every day to be loved by our Lord. And uh, we're blessed for the vocations that he calls us to. Um, they're not, they don't necessarily always feel like a blessing, though. And uh, we have, we're joined now by Mark and Irene Malos. And they're going to talk to us a little bit about their story uh, with regard to their vocation of marriage. Good morning, Mark and Irene. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you both for being with us today. It's uh, it's a delight to have you on. Thank, Thank you. you. It's a joy to be here. So, uh, Mark and Irene, it's it's your story that brings you on the radio this morning. Uh, where does it begin, Irene? You want to start us off? Um, I might defer to Mark and let him tell you. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking back and to the beginning, and I can still recall so well my courtship with Irene and I remember feeling certain almost immediately that I found the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Um, hard to describe, but I just felt elated like I found the woman of my dreams. Irene, go ahead. Well, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we were feeling like this, we could overcome anything at the beginning. And uh, it wasn't too long that challenges got uh, more than we could handle. So um, we had three children, and um, Mark's work, which was uh, starting a new business, and we moved to a new town, and and um, so life was just like I, I guess like a lot of people experience with raising up a family with kids and. And um, lots of responsibility. So um, we 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 were overcome by the challenges many a time. If you don't mind me asking, Mark, what was your uh, business that you were starting at that time? I'm always interested in what entrepreneurs are doing. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I, I had just got done with grad school uh, to become a dentist. So oh. um, yeah, we were feeling very overwhelmed in our marriage then because I moved to a new community starting a new business and uh, after a while I fell into some depression and a reliance on alcohol just with the stress and um, not knowing which direction to go I guess 
Yeah. What was that like for you, Irene? Um, you know, I I, uh, I had a strong faith. We grew up in a strong Catholic family, and um, I I had a good support of my family, and um, and we knew there was going to be ups and downs, but I didn't expect um, them to get as hard as they got. Mm-hmm. You know, we we were involved in Precana though, and um, so. I was encouraged at that time when we got finished with that program that Mark said, you know, if we ever get into trouble in our marriage, I want to seek help. I want to do something to make it better. And I, I just I knew that we both took our vows really seriously. So that kept me hanging on for a long time. So you were the two of you were finding that you just you couldn't get on the same page. There was regular conflict that you were encountering. Was it dif- differences in in how you raised the children and all these different things that that was taking place? Yeah, I um, you know I I think it was more Mark got really involved in his job and I felt like I was um, trying to hold up everything myself, you know, with mm-hmm. the kids. And I had outside work. I had a job as well, um, which I was doing part-time. And then... So feeling kind uh, yeah. of isolated and alone. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was on a treadmill, just running, and I couldn't keep up with it anymore. We're speaking right now, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Mark and Irene Malos, and they're talking about the, the struggles that they encountered in their marriage and how they went about finding renewal. So you guys were at a point... Where you were ready to were, were you at a point where you were ready to give up on your marriage or or what what were things like there for you mark um yeah i I was contemplating a separation and uh which I really didn't want to do mm-hmm. but uh I was actually thinking about moving out and I'm so glad that I didn't do that and what what started to turn things around for you where where did you seek help mark um well initially we went we tried counseling and we had good counselors, uh, but it did not have any lasting success, but it really turned around the first weekend of the rest of our program, and it, it was just very healing to see couples who had gone, had, had a lot of damage in their marriage, mm-hmm. and uh, and not only had they been able to slowly repair that, but they had actually fallen in love again, and I began to believe for the first time that if they could do that, with everything that they had gone through, that maybe we could do so yeah. as well. So, what was what was the weekend like for you, Irene? Oh, I it was it was uh, just such a, a relief for me. I think I um, I got there all nervous and not knowing if it could work because I was feeling at the point where I just couldn't go on any further. And if this didn't work, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, I knew what I was going to have to do, probably, but. Um, seeing those couples and having the opportunity to hear Mark talk about his feelings. Mark is a person who um, tends to kind of go into himself and wasn't able to talk about feelings mm-hmm. and or about really what was, you know, we couldn't find a way to talk to one another that wasn't, um, you know, defensive or we had this big wall between us. And on that weekend, we, using this, the tools and observing what the couples were showing us and, and their own story, it was like this big wall came crumbling down. And I felt like, oh, you know, I, I sometimes I say I felt like we were just rescued out of mm-hmm. 
um, a shipwreck, and we had uh, a crew there putting warm towels on us and, and <laughs> um, giving us relief. That's kind of That's how awesome. it felt. That's awesome. So now, when, how long ago was this, and, and where are you guys at now? What's what's it, the your marriage like? What do, you, what do you feel like you've gained through the Retrofit program? Um, we made our weekend in two thousand, February of two thousand, and at the time we'd been married for almost twenty years, and now we are twenty years later. Um, this summer we'll be having our fortieth wedding anniversary. Wow. Congratulations! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And it has been uh, a journey of joy, really. Uh, we have had ups and downs, and we sure. still do have our our personality defects and character defects. <laughs> Not you, Irene. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we've been presenting um, some of the post-sessions, and you'd think you'd... Ask, we've been doing it for over 10 years, I guess, and and you'd think that... You know, going through these sessions, which are follow-ups to the weekend over and over again and sharing our story would get too repetitive, and it, and it doesn't. We just keep learning more and building uh, not only our own relationship, which has become more joyful, which has become joyful yeah. instead of an endurance, you know? Yes. But we also have a community of support of friends and uh, other people who really value their marriages, and it's... I can't even describe how how life giving it's been. That's awesome. So we're we're down to less than a minute left. But if you if there's a couple that's hurting or really struggling in their marriage, what would you guys say to re- to them right now within thirty seconds? Uh, either one of you, Mark or Irene. Uh, I, I would say it's never too late to start healing your marriage. Um, we've worked with couples that have been separated, even filed divorce papers, and uh, they they found healing. Hmm. Um, so. Uh, it's, you know, small investment, 44 hours for the weekend, um, and then ongoing support after that, of course. But after many years of marriage, often decades, um, make that investment. That's fantastic. Thank you guys so much for coming on to share your story and for the ministry that you guys are involved in. That's fantastic and important. Thank you very much, Brad. All right. All right, well, we're in moving into our last break of the morning. In just a couple minutes... We'll offer some hope if you've had an abortion and are struggling with that pain. There is peace and healing available. Find out more when Real Presence Live returns. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Ron Huberty from the Diocese of New Ulm. One of the great gifts of being a priest is ministering to people in times of suffering and challenging moments of life. And I would really offer my prayers and support those going through difficult times in their life. I pray you not lose hope and know that Christ is truly present in those times, that the one who bared the cross for us is there in our time of need. And the great gift of being a priest and ministering in those moments is I can come bring the gift of prayer, the sacrament of the anointing, 
and truly be there to pray for God's healing presence in people's lives, offering them hope as they face the challenges of life that we all go through in life, that we can truly offer one another up in faith, hope, and love, and support each other in those times of needs. And for people to continue who are struggling those moments to really turn to the church, turn to your faith, and know that Christ is there with you. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. France, an enchanting country known for its elegance and richness and an incredible Catholic history spanning centuries, set out to explore this history on the Saints and Sanctuaries of Catholic France pilgrimage, October 10th through the 20th, 2019, with spiritual director Father Chuck Huck. You'll have a chance to pray at St. Catherine of Labouret Church in Paris, explore the Basilica of St. Therese of Lisieux, spend two days in Lourdes, plus so much more. To reserve your seat, visit worldstrides.com register. Trip number 166-594. The Wanzig Family Foundation has proudly supported the mission of Real Presence Radio since 2004. With their help, we've been able to continue spreading Jesus Christ's message of hope throughout North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. The Wanzig Family Foundation is dedicated to supporting Catholic initiatives and programs, like our weekly local show, Real Presence Live, heard on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, with the encores on Saturdays. Thank you to the Wanzig Family Foundation for being a part of this family of faith and hope. We are in the home stretch of this Real Presence Live episode, issue, installment, <laughs> version, I don't know, <laughs> program, I guess it would work too. And uh, we're moving into our, our final topic of the day. We're, we're going to be speaking with Shelley Demers, and uh, we're going to be talking about a difficult topic. It's, it's revolving around abortion. So good morning to you, Shelley. Good morning. Well, thank you for being on with us, for having the courage to, to come on the air. Uh, this is a difficult topic, as I said. Um, as we give, begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. I was born and raised in Minot. I have worked as a nurse in the Minot area for many years. Um, I've been working at Dakota Hope Clinic as a registered nurse for about a year and a half. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, I after a few months of working at Dakota Hope Clinic, I was asked to teach an abortion recovery class. And I didn't say yes right away. I prayed about it for about four months mm. before I said yes. Um, I needed to pray about it because it's such an important and serious issue. And since I have not had an abortion, mm-hmm. I thought, how can I help the people if I don't know the hurt they're going through? But God placed this on my heart to help those through the process of healing. Yeah, so, yeah, as you say, this is this is... Obviously, a very, very important issue, but it's also one that um, a person can unconsciously um, cause greater harm, right? I mean, if if we we don't want to have um, a sort of sense of or spirit of condemnation, while while recognizing that the that the act of abortion is something that's that's gravely wrong, that the people who fall into this um, error, into this sin, um, that they that they're often victims of of this 
this great tragedy, right? Uh, so going through an abortion experience can be a, an experience of great pain and loss and hope. How can you speak? Can you speak about this? Sure. Like I said, I can't speak about it personally mm-hmm. because I have not had an abortion. But my role as an instructor um, to teach a post-abortion class is from a medical viewpoint okay. and to teach about the after effects of the physical, emotional, and spiritual trauma that abortion can cause. Um, I definitely have empathy and compassion for anyone who has gone through an abortion because I see their pain. Um, it's great pain. So oftentimes they don't come forward right away. It may take many years before they come forward to have the courage to do that. Um, but during these classes, um, I do have a co-facilitator who helps with the class that I teach. And she actually has had an abortion, so she really knows their pain and can relate to them on that level. Now, if you don't mind me asking, Shelley, I've twice I've had the privilege of going to panels of women that have had abortions. And at one of the panels, all of the members had said that after their abortion, they, for lack of a better word, really supported it because in some way telling other women that that would be good for them was a way to to try to self-justify their own actions at that time. That was very difficult for me to try to understand. Would would you say that that's, I don't want to use the word normal, but that that's something that, that women experience after they've had an abortion, or, or what's your experience working with those women? It can be. It's a defense mechanism oftentimes um, that they're defensive, and they support it because that's how they justify it. It's a way of rationalizing that, you know, it was the best thing that they could do because, for whatever reasons, um, it's justification for their behavior. Um, They have the anger, the blaming, um, bargaining. You know, there's just so much, like, avoidance. Um, They want to make excuses because that's the way that they can deal with it. Mm-hmm. Sure, and then, then how how do they get? I mean, to me that seems so overwhelming, and and I, it's a reminder to me that we need to pray because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's such a uh, difficult thing to go through, uh, and to come out on the other side of that, even closer to Jesus than people thought possible. But how is it possible for folks to find peace and healing uh, when it's such a difficult thing to do? Um, well, it is possible. Um, just to go back to your question first about um, the great pain that people can feel and how how abortion affects people. Well, many the many people that have had an abortion they experience um, may experience something that's called post-abortion syndrome. This syndrome can happen at any time, like after an abortion. It's a form of PTSD. Post-abortion syndrome um, happens when there's unresolved traumatic issues that stem from that abortion, and they may suffer with symptoms that could include, like, drug and alcohol addictions, anxiety and depression. They may have eating disorders or inability to trust and even suicide. So many people feel such guilt and shame, and they think they are not worthy of God's love and forgiveness, and that holds a lot of people back from seeking the healing that God has to offer. So many people don't realize that the issues they're having, you know, in their lives may be related to their past abortion. But when they become aware of this, then those issues can be addressed and they can start working on resolution of those issues. So, but it is possible, you know, for them to receive healing. Um, first off, if someone's Catholic, confession would be always be the first step that we'd recommend. 
um, with God's direction in the class that's taught at Dakota Hope Clinic, God's love, grace, and forgiveness will help bring restoration to people, you know, who are hurting from a past abortion. So it takes a lot of work on their part. They have to be ready to accept the abortion, that it actually happened instead of being in denial. They need to be ready to start working on the negative effects that resulted from the abortion. So when I say it takes a lot of work on their part, they will be going back to a time in their life that they are not proud of Mm. and that holds a lot of shame and guilt. So they'll have to relive some of those memories and work through the issues that have arised from the decision of abortion. Um, I'd like to add, too, that for healing to take place, people really need to have the emotional space in their hearts and minds so that healing can take place. If someone is actively going through like ex- extreme cases of maybe depression or maybe they have a lot going on in their life, family issues, things like that, optimal healing might not be attainable. So I really suggest that some of those issues be resolved before seeking help from like a post-abortive recovery class. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live across the RPR network. We're speaking with Shelly Demers from Dakota Hope Clinic in Minot, North Dakota, about receiving hope and healing uh, after an abortion. You mentioned that post-abortion sy- syndrome, Shelly. Is, is, um, is that a necessary thing to like acknowledge before you can begin to receive God's forgiveness and, and especially to forgive yourself? Not every person will have um, post-abortive syndrome. They may have, not everybody has every symptom of that, but they might have some form. Mm -hmm. Um, Just acknowledging that they might have some of these issues would be like the first step to recognizing that they need healing. Um, Some people just have put this behind them is what I've heard them say. They put it behind them. They don't want to think about it. So they haven't acknowledged that the abortion actually happened. So really realizing that some of the problems that they're having could be post-abortion syndrome, that would be a first step to realizing that they do need help. So now in your work with Dakota Hope Clinic, um, what are what are some of the, the programs that you offer for men and women who are seeking healing? Well, we offer a class twice a year, once in the fall and once in the spring. And these classes are for seven weeks, once a week, um, and we teach a lot about, well, the curriculum we use is called HEART, which stands for Healing the Effects of Abortion-Related Trauma. It's a scripture-based program. Um, it's open to both women and men. Our next class is starting September 18th, which is, or September, March 18th, excuse me. Okay. So um, it's coming up soon, next week. But in a typical class, um, we always start with opening prayer because the healing comes from God and we need to allow God in. um, There's discussion on various topics, such as their goals or what they'd like to get out of the class, um, their fears, anger, forgiveness is huge, grief and guilt. And of course, um, they do journaling as well, but um, we talk a lot about God's grace, mercy, and peace. Um, This class is a safe, non-judgmental place for healing, um, we, don't, we don't disclose locations after a person signs mm-hmm. up for the class. Um, just because even though someone has made the courageous decision to seek the healing, they may not be ready to allow others to know this information about themselves. So we want everyone to feel comfortable in their decision and to know that all information shared is confidential. Um, so we really don't disclose that until after they sign up for the class. Okay. So for for someone coming to the class, are, are, do you find that most of the people are 
already have a Christian foundation? Are there some people that, that come really without any sort of particular um, connection to Christianity? And, and what is this like for them if that's the case? There are. There, um, some of them have a close connection um, with Christ, and others um, don't. So, but we open it to everybody. It's non-denominational. We open it up to everybody, but it, for the ones that don't believe, and we can go through Scripture and actually go through the Bible, it's it's kind of an awesome experience to see them um, learn about God. It's yeah. a learning experience as well. So it's mercy of God, and um, for them to learn about that and learn about uh, Christ, that He's there for everyone, and it's kind of neat to see them come kind of come around to that. I guess if sure. they're not a believer, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know one of my great experiences from those post-abortion women's panels is they talked specifically, at, at least at one of them, about how they felt even after they had received healing that it was hard for people to talk about abortion because they would say things like, how could anyone ever do that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, I was brought up in a good Catholic family and all these other things, and yet the circumstances still presented themselves where that seemed like, a viable option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of as a reminder, when I get a chance to talk about these things with folks, be mindful of the conversations you have around. Right. It's, it's, it's really easy for people to get put in situations they never expected to be put in. And the bottom line is it's difficult for any of us to know how we would react in any situation, let alone one that was like what these women have gone through. Right. Exactly. There really has to be that compassion there for them. Yep. And no no judgment behind anything. So and to make them, you know, realize that because they struggle with that judgment and shame and guilt. Yeah. Shelley, um we've kind of come to the end here, but I want to find out uh, if people want to find out more about this. If this is something that that's relevant for them or someone that they know, mm-hmm. what what can they do? Sure, they can call Dakota Hope Clinic at 701-852-4675 or they could email me directly at shelley@dakotahope.org. Okay, perfect. And so that's going to be Monday, March 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. Is that right? Is the next cycle starts up? That's correct, yep. Okay, so people can call 701-852-4675. Shelly, I want to say thank you so much for this this critical work. This is uh, obviously very, very needed in our time. Well, thank you for having me, and um, just God bless. God bless you, too. too, Thank you so (laughs) much. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, Eli. Well, we've come to the end, right? But it's we, not the end. Have. There's more. It's not the end. Well, I mean, I guess I don't know if a meteor is going to hit yeah. tomorrow well, and you know, wipe or Jesus out, comes but, back. Exactly. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, okay. we're going to have another great show tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, hosted by Executive Director Steve Sponskowski and Programming Coordinator Brandon Clark. They're on the road in Austin, Minnesota. Ooh. So, knowing our identity as beloved sons and daughters of the Father is half the battle. The other is knowing that the attacks that can come against our identity, dignity, and mission as Catholics. Father Sean Kilcalli, one of the keynote speakers of the Diocese of Fargo's Redeemed Made for Greatness Men's Conference, will speak to these attacks and how we can overcome them. And did you know that we have a Scripps National Spelling Bee qualifier right in our own backyard? It's definitely not me, but we'll have the pleasure of visiting with a Pacelli School's 8th grade student about the excitement of this honor and what she is most looking forward to as she represents her school in Washington, D.C. And in a world that is constantly flip-flopping and utterly confused when it comes to beliefs, especially on life issues, we'll have a chance to talk with Jean McDermott, Pacelli Catholic School's principal, and Father James Steffes about the beauty of Catholic education and how Pacelli keeps, helps keep priorities straight when it comes to living out our faith. 
That and a whole lot more coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. So, so Eli, you're, you're familiar with the hypostatic union, right? Um, yes, I believe so. Okay, can, can you spell that? No. Oh, it's T-H-A-T. <laughs> T-H-A-T. Oh, burn. Burn. Can you spell that? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, Spell, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's uh, why you're not the spelling bee. That's <laughs> <laughs> Way to end with a groaner. Um, I do want to add, I guess, we had we had the interview with uh, Mark and Irene Malos regarding Retrovi, and that's right. something that I work with very closely. So I invite anyone who's interested to go to helpourmarriage.com and uh, find out opportunities for that. Awesome. God bless you all. We look forward to being with you next time. All right. Thank you, Brad. God bless you. Thanks, Nathan. All right. This has been Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. Real Presence Live brings you local hosts and guests every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning from 9 to 11 Central. Hear the encore of the Tuesday show on Saturday from 6 to 8 a.m. Central, the encore of the Wednesday show from 8 to 10, and the encore of the Thursday show from 10 to noon. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through our Facebook page, Real Presence Live, local, engaging, live on the Real Presence Radio Network.